Very special edition of the JP Hoops podcast, as always, brought to you by the Book It Sports app. It's NBA playoff season. There's no better time to throw a little coin on some basketball games than this time of year. That's why you need, absolutely need the Book It Sports app to see what everybody's taking, to follow all your friends, to Sweat out your bets with everyone, a part of the Book It Sports community, the number one, one of one, social media space for you to discuss sports gambling. It's the Book It Sports app. Go check it out today. Give me a follow at Pora, and it is a very exciting time for NBA basketball as we are talking playoffs. We're all set, 16 teams. No more playing tournament. We have our bracket set. So I'm breaking this episode up into two parts. If you're listening to this one, I'm going to be talking Eastern Conference playoff matchups. And then in my next episode that comes out, the other one you'll be listening to will be discussing the Western Conference. Recording these both, admittedly, on Tuesday, May 25th. We are a couple games into the playoffs so far. I'll touch on that for a little bit, but this is meant to be more as a full preview of what to expect, and of course, I'll cover the first couple games, have a podcast later in the week talking about where we're at in these playoff series. So we're starting off with the Eastern Conference. If you're here for LeBron talk, if you're here for Clippers talk, you'll get that in the other episode, but this one is about the East, and the first playoff series that needs to be discussed is the one between my Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. And look, if you listen throughout the season, you knew that I've been pretty low on the Heat as you would expect for a Miami Heat fan. Especially after the year they had last year, they established themselves as one of the top teams in the East. However, you get two and a half months of an offseason while everyone else gets three or four You were in the bubble. The situation was perfect for the Miami Heat. It's a young team outside of Jimmy Butler. They traded away Kelly Olenek only to get Victor Oladipo, who is obviously not playing as he's dealing with leg injury. Everything has went wrong for the Heat this year. But if there was any first-round matchup against the big three of the East, the Sixers, the Nets, or the Bucks. You figured the Heat would want to play the Milwaukee Bucks because they're it, they're a team that the Heat took good care of in the bubble last year in five games with Giannis for the first three, lost the one where he got injured, and then won in five. Gentlemen sweep. And you would think going up against this same team again, maybe they would refine that magic that they had a year ago. Well, now we're two games into that series, and it seems like hope is lost. And I'm not necessarily going to blame the Miami Heat for underperforming against the Bucs, because quite frankly, I have the Bucs winning the Eastern Conference. I think they are a 
drastically different team than they were last year. And I think the biggest reason is Drew Holiday. The second biggest reason is P.J. Tucker. And then you have Chris Middleton, who everyone, including me, has been bashing. He can't be the go-to guy. He can't be the one to get a bucket when you need it most. Giannis needed somebody else. Well, I mean, we saw in game one, Chris Middleton hits the biggest shot of the game. 0.9 seconds left in overtime. You know the rest. So, it's not fair for me to bash Chris Middleton. And you know what? It's not fair for me to bash Giannis, as I've been saying all season long, that he's not a number one. Well, I don't think he is the guy you want in the clutch time moments because he cannot shoot a three-pointer because you don't want him on the free throw line. He still gets his. And there's a reason he's a two-time MVP. He's a very good player. He is unstoppable in transition. He's unstoppable when he gets to the rim. You figured Bam could give him a little bit of a problem. Well, with no Kelly Olynyk, that front court is thin. And Bam alone is not going to give a two-time MVP so much of an issue where he's going to fall apart. And then you got the dogs on defense, Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, able to lock down a couple guys on the other side, give Jimmy Butler a lot more trouble than we saw him have last year. And now they're up 2-0 in this series. And quite frankly, on Monday night, that game was never close. The Bucks scored 46 points in the first quarter. And from there, it was all downhill. It went by 30. So, let's take a look at this Bucks team. Obviously, they pay the good money to get Drew Holiday. They gave up all their future draft picks for this guy. Mid-season, they get P.J. Tucker, who is a hot commodity. And now they're ready to run it back. Giannis, off a back-to-back MVP season. Having another MVP-esque year, even though they can't give it to him again. Chris Middleton, emerging and salivating at the idea of being the clutch, get a basket, get a three guy on this team. Drew Holiday, running the offense to a great tee, being a threat to hit the three, getting the ball to Giannis, and then playing lockdown defense. This Bucks team is different. And I have them winning the Eastern Conference this year. And everyone wants to throw out, wait, wait, the Sixers are the one seed. The Nets are a three-headed monster. Well, let's take a look because... We'll talk about the Boston-Brooklyn series, but let's be completely honest. The Nets are going to win in 4-5. or five. I don't think it'll be very close. My best bet for Game 1 was the Nets to cover. I have them covering again tonight against Boston. Whether it's 8-9, whatever the case may be, they're going to steamroll the Boston Celtics throughout this series. Especially with no Jalen Brown, Kemba playing like he is right now, they will easily Wipe through the Celtics. But you know what the thing is about the Brooklyn Nets? For all they do well, they do one thing very, very poorly. And that's guard the interior. And who do the Bucks have to score in the interior? Oh, a two-time league MVP who gets 
all of his baskets at the rim. So the question is, who guards Giannis on the Nets? KD can't. What are we going to see? Nicholas Claxton try to lock him up? One month ago, these two teams played two games in three days. Giannis scored 40 each game, and the Bucs won. And yes, I know they didn't have James Harden. And now he's here, and they're going to have a total of 10 games together once this series comes around. Assuming the Heat obviously don't come back, and we know the Celtics aren't going to beat the Nets. So when it's Bucks, Cel- uh, Nets in that first round, second round, why can't I speak? When it is the Bucks and the Nets in the second round, it will be the series of the playoffs up until the finals. You know you're going to get probably the number one seed, Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals, whoever wins that series. But focusing on the Bucks and the Nets, it'll be very interesting to see the adversity that the Nets feel in that moment and how they handle it. Because Giannis is going to get his breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single game. Because they have no one who could guard him. They have no one who could guard the interior. They got rid of Jared Allen. And LaMarcus Aldridge retired. So who's it going to be? DeAndre Jordan is not mobile enough to keep up with Giannis. He can't take the minutes away from anybody else. Rather have Blake Griffin out there so they could try and just outscore them so badly. But We've come to realize that's not what happens in the postseason. So I just don't see how this matchup favors the Brooklyn Nets. And I've been talking about it all year long. It'd be a big disappointment for the Nets not to win the NBA Finals this year. Because not only the media, but they themselves have portrayed this image that they are a championship or bust team. Because they go out, they get Blake Griffin and get LaMarcus Aldridge, even though he retired. They get James Harden. They've created this villain of the NBA that is just waiting to thrive in this moment. And if they fail, everyone's going to laugh and laugh and laugh. Just like we all did at the Clippers last year. They remind me of two of the very same teams. I think the Clippers of last year and the Nets of this year are very similar. The only thing is they have three of the top 10 scorers in the league. And the Clippers obviously last year had two. And then they had Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell and those guys. But realistically, if you look at it from my perspective, the Nets will win the 2022 NBA championship. But I think it's going to take this year to humble them a little bit. I think they will get exposed against Milwaukee. And if they get past Milwaukee in a tough series, they have the same problem against Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the Easter Conference Finals. So I don't see it happening for the Nets. I do think at this point in the Bucks heat series, because I wasn't really finished talking about that, you know, it is 2-0 in Milwaukee's favor. So... Let's give credit where credit is due. I think the Bucks are a different team. I actually think they go into Miami and win game three in a close one. Jimmy Butler will give all he has, but it just won't be enough. 
and then the Bucks will advance to the second round. And let's talk about the Nets Celtics for a little bit. Look, the only thing that will come of this series that is of any significance other than the big three getting some reps together is that Jason Tatum is a superstar. And I have been hard on Jason Tatum. But this is a situation that he relishes. Second best player gets injured. Third best player can't keep it together. Kemba Walker. They traded away Aaron Baines, who was a nice piece. Robert Williams dealing with some injuries. It is Tatum time. And he loves the idea of being the scorer of this team and leading them from the depth of hell. Can he do it? No. Not yet. Not against this Nets team. Not against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. But he'll give you 40 and 50 during these three more games that are left to be played. But it won't be enough to win. Not against this Nets team. So if you watch the series like I am, you'll understand that Tatum is a stud and the Celtics front office is entirely to blame with the team they've surrounded him with. So that's my two cents on it. I think Brad Stevens' job is safe no matter what. I don't think he would leave. If he was going to willingly leave, he would have taken the Indiana job at the University of Indiana. And he didn't do that. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Indiana University, University of Indiana. I think it's Indiana University. But let's be real. They're not beating this Nets team. We saw shades in game one. It wasn't even as ugly as it should have been. And that's why I worry about the Nets. They're figuring it out now in the first round of the playoffs. This should have been figured out over the course of the regular season how the playoffs were going to go, how Harden, Katie, and Kyrie were going to mesh together. Eight games they played together coming into the postseason. Now they'll have these four. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them rest one of these games. Honestly, with the way they've been treated all year. And then I think they get humbled by the Bucs. I really do. I'm pretty confident in saying that as well. Because I just don't see how the Brooklyn Nets, with 12 total games of their whole team being together at most, will be able to beat a Milwaukee Bucks team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago and made the second round last year, and they went and got other pieces, and they're still going around their regular team. And I just don't see the Bucks losing to them. I really don't. Not at all. All right, let's talk a little bit of uh, Sixers-Wizards. This series is going to be entertaining. And we saw it in Game 1. It was close at the end of the game. Tobias Harris played a hell of a game for the Sixers. Ben Simmons with a actually laughable stat line that is just, you love it. I love to see it. Six points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists. That's what Ben Simmons is. Don't count on him to give you 25 points. He can do it at the rim, but he's not going to shoot. He plays his style of basketball. And that's good for the Sixers. Doc Rivers has figured it out. And coming into this season, 
What was the one thing I said about this Sixers team? The process is over. It has to be over. It's been too long. What has it been? Six, seven years now? We've been hearing about this process. They're processing. Give it time. Give it time. The excuses are over. If Brett Brown's not the coach last year, all right, boom, gone, got rid of him, got a championship-winning head coach in Doc Rivers. Oh, there wasn't any shooting around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Done. They got Danny Green. Tobias Harris has risen into a very good player, and they got Seth Curry. Oh, you need championship veterans to kind of show these guys the way. Danny Green, Dwight Howard. Done. They fixed all these issues. And now we've seen this team in the playoffs over the last three years just come up a little bit short. That Kawhi bounce around the rim in game seven of the second round two years ago. They were that close to making the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, I'll tell you what, no team has a better path to the Conference Finals in either conference than the Philadelphia 76ers. They have the Wizards right now. They win game one. It was closer than it should have been, but I think they'll handle the Wizards in about four or five. Then they get the winner of the Hawks-Knicks series, which I'll touch on after this. I mean, neither of those teams are the Nets or the Bucks, and they should they definitely have more talent than both those teams by a lot. And then you get to the conference finals. And you're there. You're finally there. Then you become four games away from reaching the NBA Finals. They have to, at minimum, make the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think they will. I really do. And I think, in the end, the Bucs are going to outlast the 76ers just because, I don't know, it'll be a dogfight of a series. I'll really look forward to that. Giannis versus Embiid, Simmons and Middleton. But I think that they are just finally at that point. Embiid, MVP caliber season, maybe didn't have the games, but he played like an MVP. Ben Simmons is very comfortable with the type of player he is. And Doc Rivers has accepted all that and turned them into a finished product. Look, it was a real race to get that one seed in the Eastern Conference. They wouldn't have it if they didn't deserve it. So credit to them turning it around. And I think they're in for a really fun playoff ride. And you know what? Even if they get the Brooklyn Nets, if the Nets beat the Bucks, which I don't think is going to happen, but definitely could, they also do really well what the Nets do really poorly, and that is score inside. Ben Simmons will have a field day at the rim against that Brooklyn Nets defense. And if they want to collapse on him, shooter, 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 Danny Green, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Embiid's always going to get his. Who's going to guard Joel Embiid? Same guy who guards Giannis, Nick Claxton. Can't happen in the playoffs. Those two guys cannot get not locked up by Nick Claxton in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Can't happen. So I, I have high hopes for the Sixers. I think they were the best bet to win the Eastern Conference because of their path. Because... Look, if you want to flip a coin with the Bucks and the Nets, do that. And then the Sixers play the winner of a team that comes out of a gritty six or seven game series. And they should, quite frankly, cruise to the conference finals. 
So let's talk about the most fun series in the Eastern Conference. Everyone thought it was going to be the Bucks and the Heat. Now that it's 2-0 Bucks, and they blew the doors off the Heat, leaving Milwaukee in Game 2, let's talk about the Hawks and the Knicks. And let's talk about Trey Young. And look, I live on Long Island, very close to New York City. I was in New York City over the weekend. No one likes Trey Young. No one likes what Trey Young did to the Knicks. They were cursing him out in the garden, you know, and he shut them all up very appropriately. So everyone thought he was hunting for fouls. We have New York City Mayor de Blasio now wearing a Knicks hat saying Trey Young's hunting for fouls. Guys, he's playing his style of game. And you know what is so impressive? It was his first playoff game, and everyone thinks that. He is this just lights out shooter. He hucks threes. He could throw it up from anywhere. He took three three point attempts in this game. Three. And he had 30 points. He got all of his points in the paint. He let the game come to him so naturally, like no one I've ever seen in their first ever playoff game. He didn't force anything, he looked to get teammates involved. He relished the garden, booing his ass off, and he just gave the Hawks buckets. And it was a dominant display by the Hawks. And you know what? If you want a little hope, Knicks fans, that was the best the Hawks could play. Quite honestly, it was the best they could play. Bogdanovich had a really good game. Trey Young played really well. Capella got his underneath. And at the end of the game, it was so, so close. And the Knicks played horribly. I mean, they relied on a ton of points from Alec Burks, one of the only few guys on that team that has playoff experience. The other one, Derrick Rose, also played pretty damn well. Julius Randle really struggled in his first playoff game. What was he, 6 for 23? And then R.J. Barrett took him a while, but he wound up finding his field towards the end of the game, a lot of it around the rim, which is good to see. So, if the Knicks could play any better than they did in Game 1, I think they'll have a pretty good time in this series. I really do. Get one more game at the Garden. Have to win if you're in New York. Have to win that game. And then you go to Atlanta and you touch your luck when you're tied up 1-1. Now, I have the Knicks winning this series. I bet on them. Plus 115 to win this series. I think it's a 6-7 game series. I think these two teams are so close. The Hawks definitely have more talent. You have Gallinari and Lou Williams and Trey Young and John Collins and Clint Capella and Bogdanovich. They just have more guys than the Knicks have to score the basketball. But the Knicks, best defensive team in the league. They play really gritty. They have an experienced head coach who has made deep runs in the playoffs before. And I think that the Knicks will wind up taking this series in a game seven in Madison Square Garden. But this is the most fun Eastern Conference playoff series now that the Bucks Heat series really appears to be in, in shambles. Because the Knicks play really good defense. Trey Young is one of the most exciting players in basketball. This is his coming out party. He showed out in game one. I'm really excited to see what he brings for the rest of the series. So let me break down 
what I think is going to happen in the East. Now that it's all set. So I have the Sixers beating the Wizards and I'll give it five just because I love Russell Westbrook. This is a pro Russell Westbrook and a pro free Bradley Beal podcast. Both of these things. Wow. So we have to give this the Wizards one game over the Sixers. That, that's that's what it means to be a pro Russell Westbrook and free Bradley Beal podcast. One win for the Wizards over the 76ers. They blew the doors off the Pacers too. Shout out them. And then I have the Knicks beating the Hawks in seven. I have the Bucks wrapping up the Heat in five. Now that it's 2-0. And I have the Nets sweeping the Celtics in four. Second round. I think that the Knicks are going to give everything they have against the Sixers. Division rival, play each other a lot, good defensive team. However, Sixers in five. Hate to say it, guys. I'm sorry. I know I got some New York fan listeners, but Sixers just have way too much talent. The coaching, I honestly think, is about the same. The Knicks players, Tom Thibodeau players, tend to really burn out at the end of the season. And they're going to come off a long seven-game series. They'll probably get pummeled in Philly. They'll snag a win at the Garden. And then it'll get wrapped up in Philadelphia for game five. Nets, Bucks. I prefaced it before. I have the Bucks winning this series in six. So Brooklyn has the benefit of home court advantage. Open the week is James Harden having to pay for Nets fans tickets because they can't get anyone in the building because everyone's at Madison Square Garden. They have the best team, best roster in the league and still can't get people to the Barclays Center. It's embarrassing. James Harden's paying for tickets. Unreal. So, whatever that means, home court advantage for the Nets. But I think the Bucs have proven that they can exploit the weaknesses of the Nets very well. And if it comes to a scoring fit, I think that Giannis is going to be able to get his all game long. And you worry about him down the stretch. It looks like Chris Middleton could be the guy who could get it done on in late games if that can hold up. But I really do think that the Bucks this year are finally starting to piece it all together to make a deep run. So I have the Bucks beating the Nets in six. Then we get to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's the Sixers. It's the Bucks. It's Embiid. It's Giannis. And I have the Bucks winning in seven games. It's going to be really close. It is going to be a dogfight. And you know what? I really think that Embiid and Giannis are going to offset each other. It really comes down to the other guys. And I love Ben Simmons. But let's see what happens when Tobias Harris gets in a tough moment. And I know they have Danny Green. I know they have Seth Curry. Dwight Howard is going to make sure everyone keeps their heads on their shoulders. But the Bucks have been down this road too many times. And they're getting ready to blow the whole thing up if it doesn't work this year. So I'm expecting a great Eastern Conference Finals between those two. And I have the Bucks winning in seven games. Alright, so that wraps up the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's what we got at the start of everything. A couple days late, but it's here. We'll go we'll revisit this at the halfway point. Who knows? Maybe by Friday. 
The Celtics series could be over. The Wizards series could be over. The Heat series could be over. But we will revisit this later in the week. I appreciate y'all. If you're listening to both parts, you listen to this one first. Tune into the Western Conference preview for what I got breaking down all the first round matchups and my predictions. Appreciate y'all. Talk to you later.